Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to Southminster Presbyterian Church's uh, podcast platform. We're going through our Lent reflections. Uh, I'm Associate Pastor Steve Shum. We've got uh, Josh Sweeney here with me. Josh, good to be with you. Glad to be here as well as we enter into our third week of third Lent. Third week We're... of Lent. And uh, uh, let's begin with some opening words, a call to worship uh, for those who are listening as we uh, enter this time of worship. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. The hour is coming and is now here. In spirit and truth, let us worship God. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Trusting in God's overflowing grace, let us confess our sin. And so we confess uh, together, and I'll lift up this prayer of confession uh, on behalf uh, of all of us and on behalf of the world. Lord, uh, you know who we are. Uh, You know everything we have done. We thirst for things that will never satisfy us. We commit ourselves to things that will never last. We worship things that will never bring salvation. Still, you offer us the gift of living water. Still, you offer us the gift of eternal life. Forgive us, O Lord, and give us this living water so that we may never thirst again. Amen. Amen. And then this is the good news of God's grace. Though we were sinners, Christ died for us. Though we were enemies of God, God loved us. Once we were lost and dead, now Christ has become our life and salvation. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Yeah. Before we get into our two scripture readings, um, let us pray for God to illumine our hearts and our minds for the words that are going to be read today. Living God, through the reading of the scriptures and by the power of your spirit, May we hear for ourselves the good news and believe because of your word that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. Amen. Amen. All right, Josh, we begin in Exodus uh, at the foot of Mount Sinai. Exodus 17, 1 to 7, as our Old Testament text. From the wilderness of Sinai, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massah and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled 
and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Our second uh, scripture comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 5 through 42. We'll be going with the message as our translation um, today. And what's interesting about the John 4 passage today is that it's the only gospel text that talks about the Samaritan woman. As some of us know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are the synoptic gospels, which means the same. And there's very little difference between um, those three gospels as they were kind of all used as sources. But John kind of stands alone. And John stands alone here with the story of the Samaritan woman. So let us now open our hearts and our ears to hear what God has to say to us today. To get there, Jesus had to pass through Samaria. He came into Sakar, a Samaritan village that bordered the field Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was still there. Jesus, worn out by the trip, sat down at the well. It was noon. A woman, a Samaritan, came to draw water. Jesus said, would you give me a drink of water? His disciples had gone to the village to buy food for lunch. The Samaritan woman, taken aback, asked, How come you, a Jew, are asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? Jews in those days wouldn't be caught dead talking to Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink, and I would give you fresh living water. The woman said, Sir, you don't even have a bucket to draw with. And this well is deep. So how are you going to get this living water? Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well and drank from it? He and his sons and livestock and passed it down to us. Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again and again. Anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst, not ever. The water I give will be an artisan spring within, gushing fountains of endless life. The woman said, Sir, give me this water so I won't ever get thirsty, won't ever have to come back to this well again. He said, Go call your husband and then come back. I have no husband, she said. That's nicely put, I have no husband. You have had five husbands, and the man you're living with now isn't even your husband. You spoke the truth there, sure enough. Oh, so you're a prophet? Well, tell me this. Our ancestors worshiped God at this mountain, but you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place for worship, right? Believe me, woman, the time is coming when you Samaritans will worship the Father, neither here at this mountain nor there in Jerusalem. You worship guessing in the dark. We Jews worship in the clear light of day. God's way of salvation is made available through the Jews. But the time is coming. It has, in fact, come when what your call will no matter and where you go to worship will not matter. It's who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit and pursue, the, and pursue of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is out looking for. Those who are simply and honestly themselves before him in their worship. God is sheer being itself, spirit. Those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, 
their true selves in adoration. The woman said, I don't know about that. I do know that the Messiah is coming. When he arrives, we'll get the whole story. I am he, said Jesus. You don't have to wait any longer or look any further. Just then, his disciples came back. They were shocked. They couldn't believe he was talking with that kind of woman. No one said what they were all thinking, but their faces showed it. The woman took the hint and left. In her confusion, she left her water pot. Back in the village, she told the people, Come see a man who knew all the things I did, who knows me inside and out. Do you think, he, do you think this could be the Messiah? And they went out to see for themselves. In the meantime, the disciples pressed him. Rabbi, eat. Aren't you going to eat? He told them, I have food to eat you know nothing about. The disciples were puzzled. Who could have brought him food? Jesus said, the food that keeps me going uh, is that I do the will of the one who sent me, finishing the work he started. As you look around right now, wouldn't you say that in about Four months, it will be time to harvest. Well, I'm telling you to open your eyes and take a good look at what's right in front of you. The Samaritan fields are ripe. It's harvest time. The harvester isn't waiting. He's taking his pay, gathering in this grain that's ripe for eternal life. Now the sower is arm in arm with the harvester, triumphant. That's the truth of the saying, the one sows, that one harvests. I sent you to harvest a field you never worked. Without lifting a finger, you have walked in on a field worked long and hard by others. Many of the Samaritans from that village committed themselves to him because of the woman's witness. He knew all about the things I did. He knows me inside and out. They asked him to stay on, so Jesus stayed two days. A lot more people entrusted their lives to him when they heard what he had to say. They said to the woman, we're no longer taking this on your say-so. We've heard it for ourselves and know it for sure. He's the Savior of the world. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, God. to God. The reflection that... Um, our worship companion guide has given us uh, reads this as you read or John 4 5 through 42 think about the meaning of water its symbolic qualities its presence in nature its use in human life and then we have some questions of how is Jesus like water what are the things that are most necessary in your life where do you get them so I ask you Steve what are some of the symbolic qualities well, of water and nature and what's how do you reflect on these questions? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to first go back and uh, the Exodus text when the people of Israel are complaining to uh, to Moses. It reminded me hearing it this time uh, as a, a parent. Maybe it's because our kids they they seem to think sometimes we are their servants. <laughs> they'll be sitting doing something, and Teddy especially he'll be thirsty. Yeah, he'll cry Just out from the other cup. room, "Water, water!" And then we That's have to come fine. running <laughs> they, with water. The Israelites uh, reminded me of that. But That's yeah, I mean, water is that thing that we that we need. Right. And if yeah. we go for a period of time and don't have it, uh, our bodies start screaming at us like that, uh, saying that uh, uh, we need it. 
and, and I like thinking of Jesus in that same way uh, as that thing. I mean, it becomes much more amorphous, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, uh, but, but Jesus as that, that thing that we need right. uh, at kind of a base level. Yeah, I think what I, from a Western side, Western culture, for the most part, right? Like we have places where, you know, I think we lose the idea of the well and these kind of stories of what she's really getting at of like the easiness. Um, Where I think we as a society have have transformed Jesus into a commodity and, and the easiness, right? Like, you know, we have no idea. Like, I think there's maybe a, two months of my life that I understand what it meant to go to a well, to go get water, to carry it back, you know, and it's not in the sink right Right, next door. Like if, you know, if our child cries out for water, you know, in some places in the world that that's, that's a hall, that's a walk that's, you know, and and if it's clean, if it's not clean, you know, and and we know those stories and we need, you know, we can picture that in our minds. I'm, and I think there's a little bit within the Western culture that we've made Jesus as, a commodity like a, you know, a faucet in our home. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I do think that there's some truth to that. Like, I do think that there's some truth to that. Jesus is with us. God is with us at all times and all places. And you know, that, that there's nowhere that yeah. Christ's love cannot go, you know, and, and I think I fall really hard to that. I think what I think we miss out on is just that yearning peace. Yeah. Um, because it is so available. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, just like, all right, you know what? I, I don't really need to do it this week. Yeah. But I do know that it's on that faucet there on the yeah. other side. And what it does of that journey of going to find the water, to, to what it really truly feels like to not have to go on that struggle and to, to do those kind of things. Yeah. And, and I wonder if, you know, how often we forget that of who we are yeah. and, and what that kind of looks like. Um, there's a little bit of, of, of that. You talk about the availability of God. It's hinted at here in uh, the story with the woman of the well, right? She says, you Jews say, you got to get the water here in mm-hmm. Jerusalem. And Jesus already seems to be suggesting, no, you can get it anywhere. Anyone who's, who worships in spirit and in truth uh, can find the water right. uh, through me. I also like thinking about, I think we're afraid in the church, if we make it hard to get the water, mm-hmm. nobody's going to get it. Sure. But I think nobody's going to search for it. But I think that undercuts the value or the basic need uh, that is there. One of my favorite, uh, uh, just a real short poem. Uh, uh, and of course, now I'm just blanked on the, the poet's name. Uh, uh, God will not be lived by some light morning. Those who would know God uh, must stoop bent over uh, in minds, uh, digging uh, God out bit by bit. Uh, Rainer Maria Rilke is who it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was about to say, that sounded really familiar. And uh, Good French that word. is not an exact uh, translation because I don't remember the exact wording, but that's a, a, a paraphrase. Uh, I think there's a little bit of both, right? There's the availability like the tap you turn on uh, mm-hmm. all the time. Um, but also, uh, if you go without it, uh, there's a need to search for it. And so I, I would hope, I would re- uh, hope to remind folks of that in this Lenten season, the yeah. season when we kind of stop and think about uh, our own need uh, for 
uh, water for Jesus as the living water. Yeah, I think, you know, that's, I guess, what I was trying to process with, you know, the placement of Jesus, you know, kind of where is it in our home? Because the, the other side of it, you know, the, the place that I really like and, and find comfort in, it was like, how is Jesus like water? Almost like if you've ever had a flooded basement. Yeah, yeah. Right, like that water, water will go anywhere. And if you have the tiniest crack, that water will yeah, you know, yeah, continue yeah. to go. And, and that's, I believe that's Christ's love, right? Like that, that we all have brokenness. Yeah. We all present these kind of things. And we, and we talk so much about the healing kind of hold, but like that there's something with the crack that like that water doesn't really repair, but it sits with it and, 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 and it helps it, you know, kind of, yeah, kind yeah. of be. So I don't know. There was something within there as, as you were kind of going with Randall Rilke, like that, that I think sits well with me. So those are little bits of our reflection and, and what we'll reflect on tonight um, or Wednesday night. Yep. So Wednesday night, uh, the second uh, of our eight habits uh, of evangelism that we're discussing uh, through Lent and beyond then uh, afterwards. Uh, this week, Josh, we turn to worship as a habit of, uh, uh, of, of evangelism. Uh, really, it's just uh, it, habits of a vibrant church. We talked about radical welcome uh, last week there. Uh, uh, and for the writer, what makes it radical, uh, we want to certainly be welcoming, but what makes it radical is reaching out not just to those who look and feel like us, but the, those who are different and sometimes even challenge us as well. And then tonight, uh, or uh, Wednesday night here, we'll look at uh, worship uh, this one written by um, Bruce Reyes uh, Chow. Chow, who used to be moderator of Peace USA a number of years ago. So should be a good discussion. I hope we have a, a, a good group gathered here again. We had a good group the first week, mm -hmm. so that's uh, exciting to see. Yeah, and don't feel like that if you miss one, you, you, do, um, you have to be at yeah. everyone. Each, each conversation will be different. Each conversation will lead um, to different strengths that we have you know, kind of around the way. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, feel free to come to any or all of them. Um, but we would just love for you to be a part of the conversation. So as we wrap up, let us uh, join into uh, today's prayer of the day. Lord God, great I am. You are living water. As we worship you this day, show us who we are. Channels of your love and vessels of your grace through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And then uh, this charge for the week, uh, the hour is coming and is now here. Uh, go forth to worship the Lord your God in spirit and in truth in all that you say and do. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ springing up like living water fill your heart and flow through your life. Have a wonderful day. See you all.